Dietz for Iowa podcast, episode number three. Welcome, my name is Sean Dietz, and uh, coming up in this episode, we're going to visit with Shane Vanderhart. He is uh, the blogger, the poster, the uh, writer, author, owner of uh, CaffeinatedThoughts.com and also uh, the host of Caffeinated Thoughts Radio on uh, 99.3 The Truth FM in uh, Des Moines. And uh, so we'll be talking with him about uh, all of the things that he's involved with, uh, all things Caffeinated Thoughts, and... uh, also get his take on the Iowa political scene uh, with legislative races coming up in 2016. Also touch a little bit on uh, the presidential race, um, just a just a very little bit because, as you probably heard me mention or talk about before, um, outside of you know networking with other organizers and and activists and and voters and things, I just don't have much interest in uh, the uh, in in the presidential race, uh, particularly this year. My gosh. Um, but anyway, um, so that's what we're going to do in this episode. We'll talk with Shane coming up here in just a little bit. And, uh, before we take our break here, we're going to do, uh, the, uh, what grinds my gears segment. You know what really grinds my gears? You know, nothing grinds my gears worse than some chowder head who doesn't know when to keep his big trap shut. Forgot to mention, we are uh, recording this on Saturday, September seventeenth, twenty sixteen, and uh, that actually leads to leads me to uh, um, this week's segment or this episode's segment this week. I, w- I wish I could get organized enough to uh, get one of these out every week. It'll happen eventually. I promise it'll happen. Uh, but anyway, um, today is uh, Constitution Day, September seventeenth, uh, the day on which. Our Constitution was completed and signed, and, um, you know, we're uh, in the, let's see here, it's the 229th year uh, after the Constitution was signed now. I guess what's grinding my ears today is the fact that Constitution Day is not a bigger deal to people. Um, And I know there are people that say that, um, and I kind of mentioned this later on uh, when I'm talking to Shane, but Tom Woods has this thing uh, where... Uh, he says that Constitution Day is unconstitutional. Here's the thing, though. It's it's never a bad thing to celebrate the U.S. Constitution. Um, and what Woods gets at, I think, uh, with saying that um, Constitution Day is unconstitutional is that for educational establishments who accept federal money, they have to have a program or a or a uh, some kind of a seminar devoted to teaching about the Constitution. Um, so, completely understand what he's saying there. Um, however, um, any time is a good time uh, to talk about the Constitution and uh, to uh, um, to reflect on, on what that means. And uh, here locally, Franklin County, really happy uh, for and thankful for uh, the Daughters of the American Revolution and the work that they do, it was actually the Daughters of the American Revolution that pushed uh, for recon- recognition of not only Constitution Day, but eventually Constitution Week. And uh, so um, I guess that's what's grinding my gears today. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Constitution Day, happy Constitution Day. And uh, I guess that's what's grinding my gears today is the fact that people just don't celebrate it like they should. I mean, this should be second only to Independence Day in uh, American celebrations. And I think some Americans celebrate things like Cinco de Mayo more than they do Constitution Day. And, and, and I, think, uh, I think Constitution Day should rank right up there with Independence Day. So with that being said, that's what's grinding my gears today. When we come back, we'll talk with Shane Vanderhart of CaffeinatedThoughts.com.
Sean Dietz with DietzforIowa.com here. I want to tell you about CoffeeByGillespie.com. Uh, they've got some really great uh, uh, coffee beans. Uh, ro- they roast their own coffee beans, and uh, you can check them out again at CoffeeByGillespie.com. And uh, just take a look at uh, their entire website. You can read all about them and their process. You can watch videos there on how they roast their beans. And uh, again, that website, CoffeeByGillespie.com. That's Gillespie, G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E. And uh, if you uh, use that uh, CoffeeByGillespie.com and then put a slash on the end of it, Deets for Iowa, CoffeeByGillespie.com slash Deets for Iowa, or uh, use the coupon code Deets for Iowa, you'll get 10% off your order for using that uh, coupon code Deets for Iowa. That's D-I-E-T-Z, the number four, I-O-W-A. Again, uh, check them out, CoffeeByGillespie.com. Delicious coffee from those guys. All right, Shane Vanderhart uh, joining us on the podcast here today, and uh, we're recording this on uh, Saturday, September 17th. So happy Constitution Day, Shane. Hey, thank you. Happy <laughs> Constitution Day to you. It's been a day late. No, wait, I'm sorry. The 17th. Not yeah, it's yeah. A lot of people, I think, uh, posted and celebrated on, on the 16th, just because you know, yeah. you know, it's the end of the work week, and what are you going to do? And uh, right. but it, but you know, as Tom Wood says, Tom Wood says it's that uh, Constitution Day is unconstitutional, so we shouldn't even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should be celebrating Constitution. Day. I agree. I agree. Uh, I think I think his point there is is you know how in schools they 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 make it mandatory that if you're accepting federal funding that you have to have a program on on constitution day and so i think that's his basis for that but anyway uh getting off topic a little bit we want to talk about uh we want to talk about shane vanderhart and we want to talk about uh, caffeinated thoughts you've been doing great things with your blog and your website caffeinatedthoughts.com for a lot of a lot a lot of years um yeah you know really in terms of i mean blogs and websites they're kind of exploding i mean they're kind of a dime a dozen now and but uh you started quite a few years ago and, uh, I, I'm kind of a dinosaur when it comes to blogging. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started, you know, back in 2006. Yeah. Um, and and there weren't a lot of political bloggers around uh, at that time. Actually, I didn't even start doing it as a political blogger. I it was a I, I just just uh, like what's this blogging thing uh, or what's this web blog thing? You know? Oh, really? you know, What are people doing? So I. Uh, Blogger just kind of got started. That was a Google product, and I started a uh, a blog. You know, it's ShaneVanderhart.blogspot.com, and it was just going to be kind of. I was at the time in, in uh, involved in a ministry called Server Youth Network. I was working there full time, and uh, it'll just be about life and ministry and whatever else is on my mind. So it was very uh, random, um, you know. I. I loved to write, and I just, I, I was uh, uh, basically put, I was posting mostly daily. Uh, some some things were very, very short, uh, but yeah, I just I kept going, and uh, my my wife is, the name Caffeinated Thoughts is actually something my wife came up with, uh, so, like, I like it, yeah, let's go with that, because I love coffee, and, and uh, obviously, I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very opinionated. Which I know is shocking. I can't, ima- I can't imagine a political blogger being being opinionated. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> but uh, well, talk about some of the things that you've covered there, because I mean, you do a little bit of a wide range. It's it's you you tend to focus a lot on education. Uh, right. I, that's your. I mean, I, I feel like that's kind of your I, wheelhouse. More, 
Yeah, more in another another blog I write for, Truth in American Education, because uh, it's all all they cover. But um, with caffeinated thoughts, uh, basically we uh, heavy on pol- political um, news, uh, especially state political news, uh, national political news, news and current events, um, anything anything related to you know uh, culture war stuff. Right. Too, uh, I like writing about um, some current event stuff. Uh, and you know, we occasionally will do some faith and theology um, type posts because that you know the whole uh, you know the blog pretty much that's that's what I did and it's still part of that. Um, it's just not we don't focus on it as much because well a lot of things to write about and you know little time. Sure. Um, so what do you uh, you mentioned that you t- touch on culture war type stuff? Um, mm-hmm. I, I just I just got to ask. Uh, this uh, sudden, uh, this sudden, I guess, uh, emergence of this phrase, the alt right, and this alt right movement. Uh, it seems like it's kind of a national thing behind Trump. You see any anything on that in in Iowa? Um, well, it, it, it certainly exists, but it's it's always been kind of more underground, so people don't really talk about it because it's obviously not politically correct. Um, uh, you know, I. I, I I can't say I see huge movement in Iowa, and that could be one reason why maybe he didn't win the uh, the Iowa caucus. Um, so, but it, it, you know, I think the alt right exists here. It's it's just uh, um, yeah, I could as far as demographics and things like that. I I couldn't tell you. They kind of came it kind of came out of nowhere in prominence, but but uh, um, you know, they certainly. Uh, they they favor Donald Trump, um, and uh, they like his, his immigration policies. And yeah, it, he, they just you know it was it wasn't something I was expecting them to to rise in prominence like they have this cycle. It was uh, um, interesting. I think uh, Breitbart News probably had a, a big part of that, sure, uh, because they they they've kind of become a home for those folks, right? Uh, online, uh, so yeah. Uh, but as far as a huge movement, I, I just I, I haven't seen it. Um, of course, I I have I don't go to a ton of Donald Trump rallies. So. Right. Are we? Uh, <laughs> uh, do Do you see? You follow the legislative races pretty closely, and we'll talk more about this later. But do you see any evidence of any any candidates that follow that trend, uh, kind of cropping up uh, as they, as they run for the Iowa legislature this fall? Um, I haven't seen that, but this mean you know I just I I just haven't heard of candidates like that, so um, I, I can't say. Yeah, I wouldn't. I I, just, I can't imagine it myself. I mean, I just you know for the same reason that I didn't think Trump would do as well as he's doing um, or mm-hmm. has done. I I just don't think that would work. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's I think it's one thing like Trump uh, Trump appeals to alt right, but I wouldn't call him alt right himself. Sure. Um, he dog whistles at him, right? Um, so I think it's, it's completely different to do that than actually be all right and run for office, like a David Duke, for instance, right? Um, because people just won't accept that. On, but they're 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 put they're putting up with Trump. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's an interesting phenomenon. But no, I haven't noticed any uh, legislative candidate that would you know fall into that grouping. Yeah, and. Uh... 
then uh, the other thing, kind of back on topic with Caffeinated Thoughts then, uh, the other thing you ca- you started doing is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, which I think is really mm-hmm. cool. Uh, you, you do that on a radio station, uh, uh, 99.3 The Truth out of Des Moines. Right. And uh, yep. so tell us about what the, what the radio show is like. Uh, well, we do that on a weekly basis. It airs on Saturdays at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. Uh, we usually record on Friday mornings. Because uh, you know nobody wants to be in the studio on Saturday, right? Um, Word. <laughs> you apparently, when you're doing podcasts, <laughs> so, it, it, um, just, it just so happens to work into my wink, wink work schedule. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Uh, so you know, we 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 have uh, again kind of heavy on politics. Uh, we, you know, we have different guests. This this week's show uh, featured uh, uh, Dr. Jane Orient. She's the um, uh, Executive Director of American Association for Physicians and Surgeons, and then we were talking with her. We were talking about Hillary Clinton's uh, health concerns, uh, and they, they that group ran an informal poll of physicians, where seventy one percent of them said you know her health concerns were serious. Right. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Let's talk about that. You know, why should we be concerned about you know the presidential candidate's health? This is just. You know, it's just this is just stuff that's just being blown out of proportion. So we talked with her and then uh, had Dr. Uh, Kevin Bardwell, uh, who's the uh, the political science department chair at Simpson College. Uh, they just ran three different polls uh, this week with uh, Raba Research, which is Red America, Blue America Research. Uh, wanted to talk with him about that and the state of the race. Um, he was actually, I, I said, I told him, you're the first political department. They're political science professor we've had on our show, uh, which I thought was kind of I was like I can't believe we you know took two years to get one of these folks on right. the show. Right, that's a good idea though. I I wouldn't have yeah. thought of that. That's a good idea. Yeah, and, and it's, he was he was a uh, a natural to come on first because actually I was his interim pastor. Uh, oh, at a at a new church start in Indianola for a year, so uh, I've known him for years. It's like oh gosh, I can't believe I've never asked you before. So, um, anyway, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a good show this week. So, uh, we, we have fun doing it. Um, uh, Matthew Lee Anderson of Mirror Orthodoxy, he actually, uh, he's doing something else now, but uh, we had him on once. He told us, uh, it's like, you guys remind me of the click and clack of, of Christian radio. <laughs> um, at that time, I didn't, I, I hadn't actually, I never listened to them because I listened to the car guys um, right. on NPR. But I got had a chance to listen to the show, and it's like, ah, okay, now I know what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure we're quite like the, those guys, but you know, it's like, I'll take it. It's, that's that's a nice comparison. Yeah, you you never complain when you can draw a comparison to a national show like that. So, right, right. Back with more of our conversation with Shane Vanderhart of CaffeinatedThoughts.com right after this. Sean Dietz with DietzForIowa.com here. I want to tell you about CoffeeByGillespie.com. Uh, they've got some really great uh, uh, coffee beans. Uh, ro- they roast their own coffee beans. And uh, you can check them out, again, at CoffeeByGillespie.com. And uh, just take a look at uh, their entire website. You can read all about them and their process. You can watch videos there on how they roast their beans. And, uh, again, that website, CoffeeByGillespie.com. That's Gillespie, G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E. And uh, if you uh, 
use that uh, coffeebygillespie.com and then put a slash on the end of it. Deets for Iowa, coffeebygillespie.com slash Deets for Iowa. Or uh, use the coupon code Deets for Iowa. You'll get 10% off your order for using that uh, coupon code Deets for Iowa. That's D-I-E-T-Z, the number four, I-O-W-A. Again, uh, check them out. Coffeebygillespie.com. Delicious coffee from those guys. Well, let's uh, let's kind of switch gears here then, and, and talk about some of the things that you that you're following on terms of uh, the Iowa legislative races. There's obviously a lot of talk about the presidential race because it's a presidential year. Quite frankly, right. and you know, and I don't, I find people that agree with me and then disagree with me in the same breath on this. But frankly, I could just, I mean, presidential races to me are are where the grassroots can network for other things and. Other than that, I could really care less about the presidential race. I want to focus on legislative things. I want to focus on local things. Um, right. And, and the presidential race is just a lot of fluff. But because that's where the mainstream attention is, that's where right. people are drawn, and that's where you can find people to work on other uh, campaigns and get involved with, with other things. And so I mean, you don't, you don't and totally dismiss the presidential race, but... <laughs> I yeah, confession. I, I was kind of one of those people that was a little more focused on the presidential. Um, though now that uh, with, as we're in the general election, I'm totally disgusted <laughs> with, with the Republican <laughs> choice. I've been trying to focus more on local. Right. Uh, uh, not that you know, not that I wasn't paying attention, but I wasn't writing about it as probably as much as I would I would like or maybe it should should have. Um, it's it's interesting. My gut feeling. Um, is that uh, the Republicans are not gonna? They're not gonna take back the Iowa Senate. I think we're not gonna really see much of a change. Yeah, there. I'd be shocked if we do. Um, we. Uh, well, I think first. I think, I think first you have to have leadership that wants to win the Iowa Senate. That's <laughs> that's kind of well, you know leadership yeah, within the. I, I, Within the party, I mean, there. I right. don't. I don't mean to say that from Republican Senate leadership. I mean that from uh, other tiers of the Republican leadership. Yeah, I think I think Governor Brands is probably happy with the split of exactly. because then he doesn't have to do anything controversial. You've read my tea leaves correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he, you know, not that he he uh, doesn't do things that are controversial, but he just doesn't do them in. Besides the controversial things that conservatives like, that's just um, it. He's he does yeah. he does controversial things that'll uh, make his base angry, um, but right. he he won't do anything uh, in terms of trying to uh, actually actually secure a conservative. I mean, he, he it's not that he's not willing to piss uh, to to piss off the other side. Pardon my language, but right. you know, it's not it's not it's not that he's not willing to make the Democrats mad. He's certainly willing to do that. Um, he's just not willing to throw the slam dunk down and uh, get the full sweep in the legislature. Right. Yeah. They certainly liberals aren't certainly happy with what he's done with uh, with Medicare. Um, yeah, they don't like they don't like the fact that he's closed down some some uh, mental health facilities. Frankly, uh, having you know been in, in, in um, uh, youth ministry for twenty years. And 13 of those years being working with at-risk kids and, and high-risk kids, who some of whom had mental health issues, a lot of whom uh, uh, were also considered child in need of assistance. I haven't been entirely help, happy with what he's done on that front either. 
Um, I don't know many people that are, frankly. Yeah, well, mainly because it's like you know some of those some of those things that I see him doing. It's like, for instance, with the mental health facilities, some of those some of the stuff is is a legitimate function of state government. And sure. It's like you know, we shouldn't be privatizing everything. Um, because one thing what what I've seen, um, uh, having worked in the field, is all all he has done is shift some of these people from the Department of Human Services Health uh, to to the Department of Corrections. And the Department of Corrections is not—it's not the place to be dealing with some of these people, right? And um, and it's and it's one thing if there if there's a private entity that's set up and and ready and willing and can handle that and can do it as a as a reduced cost, but in in other ways right. that's not that's not at all what he's doing, right? Right? Yeah. Well, what what we're doing is we're creating a crisis. Yeah. Now there's people who can't get services, so which is unfortunate. Um, and then, as far as with with uh, Medicare, you know, the Medicare thing. Um, so, so I, I've talked with people who've been on Hawkeye, for instance, and mm-hmm. they said that he that's just completely ruined the program. So, you know, like we could, I, I, I you know, I, I get he was kind of with that. I, <laughs> I have a little sympathy because you're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place as a governor. You know, what are you, how are you going to address the the changes happening at the federal level? Right. Um, you know, if you don't want to join the exchange, you gotta you gotta think of something. So, right. Um, I think I think they could have spent a little more time the drawing board on that, frankly. But you know, well, it I, is what it is. Yeah, and I think that it, on the on the ground level, I, I can I can speak to that a little bit. Uh, I was chairman of the Franklin County Board of Health for a lot of that transition, and I can tell you from the grassroots level, that's really mostly what a lot of uh, the the county level people were asking for was, I understand what you want to do, and I and I see what you're trying to do, and that's all fine and well, but let's give us some time here. Let, you know, let's. Right. Uh, holy cow! I mean, the, yeah. that was a really quick uh, trigger pull um, on that. It was like it. It was almost like it happened overnight. Really. Yeah, yeah, it happened way too fast. So definitely, but as but as far as as, as races go, is it, do you see do you see any? I, I would agree that I, that the Senate's not going to flip, but do you see any any seats turning over uh, of interest? You know, there isn't there isn't. I haven't. I guess I have. You know, maybe I haven't had my ear to the ground close as close as I should. I haven't necessarily heard of any any um um for well I'm trying to think. Which there, there's somebody running in Eastern Iowa that's actually a Republican incumbent. That's that's life me. I can't think of his name, but there's a couple Republican seats I think that are at risk. I haven't heard of any Democrat seats. Yeah, that I would consider at risk. So that's just that. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think the more likely outcome would be is that we, uh, you know, uh, we end up having they end up extending their majority in, in the Senate, which yeah. would be unfortunate. Well, and you—they actually already have, not really, not technically, but uh, Senator Johnson left the party. Um, yeah. So I mean, we technically That's have true. an independent, even though, even though he'll he'll caucus with the Republicans. He, for all intents and purposes, he's a Republican. He's just not a Republican out right. of protest to Trump. Right. That's that's true. Um, and and for on you know a lot of life issues and things like that, he'll he'll vote Republican. Absolutely. Yep. He's, he's a little squishy. Too, so yeah, he yeah he's so, kind of squishy on some on some fiscal things, but mm-hmm. a lot of them are. 
So um, House, the House, I'm I'm hoping that at least they'll retain the Republicans will retain their majority. I think they will. Um, the you know there's always there's always tight races in the House. Like for instance, even uh, Majority Leader Chris Hagenau, mm-hmm. um, his district is tough. I mean he's he's had. I remember one he, he that last race, but the race before he had uh, he won by like thirty votes. Oh wow! Um, so. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize his district was that tight. It, it it is. I think the last last time it was it wasn't quite that close, but um you know, he 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 always that 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 district is always competitive for for Democrats if they get the right candidate. Um for one thing, I think it's it's densely populated. I think it's easier to door knock and and uh you know, it's it's a, it's definitely a mix of it's certainly a a purple uh, yeah. Um, that you know, I, I haven't necessarily heard a whole lot about it, competitive general election um, seats. I think one thing I, I've noticed with with Iowans, um, and, and I think this is going to bear out with even our congressional races. We tend to like our incumbents. Yes. So I, I don't see a ton of incumbents losing. Um, it's just some of those open seats right now. They're kind of a question mark. Um, I've been I've been following the Iowa House four uh, race quite a bit just because uh, that candidate's been reaching out to me a lot. Is Andrew that Wheeler? Yeah, I was gonna say that's over yeah. in Sioux County, right? Right, right. Yep. So um, <laughs> he, I, you know, he, he, he basically the the primary should have been the the, the main race uh, because at, at that time when he won the primary, there wasn't. Uh, the Democrats weren't fielding anybody. Didn't have anybody run in the Democratic primary, um, and he should have been a shoe in for the general election. But now you got uh, uh, Jeff Vanderwerf, who right. was his primary opponent actually finished last. He's a uh, professor of political science at Northwestern College, um, saying, "You know what? I'm going to do. I'm going to be writing candidate." So. <laughs> Uh, now he suddenly has a general election race. Um, I think he's going to end up winning it still. But you know, it's like wow. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's it's definitely going to be you know a closer race, mainly because there are a lot of Republican establishment that don't necessarily like Skyler, but will vote for this guy. Democrats will certainly vote for this. You guy. know, you uh, know. I think I did. I see maybe. Maybe you've seen something on this, but I, I'm pretty sure I've seen that Speaker Upmeyer actually did an endorsement for him just yes. just to set the record straight to be clear that he was the Republican primary winner, and yes, we are backing him, even though, as yes. you say, uh, a lot of the establishment probably wouldn't be happy with a lot of his proposals or a lot of how he right. would vote. Um, nonetheless, he's the Republican but, nominee, and so Speaker right. Upmeyer at least put her stamp of approval on that to say, he's our guy. Don't think otherwise. Yeah, I was very happy to see that. I think I think Sioux County Republican Central Committee needed to see that. Unfortunately, they're they've taken up. I think they've pretty much taken a position in neutrality, in in so much as that they're allowing members to back whoever they want, um, which is just mind boggling to me because I know when I was in the Polk County Central Committee, um, you know, right in our bylaws, we could have been dismissed. Yeah. If we if we uh, backed anybody other than a Republican, uh, so this, well, <laughs> it's just, it's pretty telling, standard. Telling yeah, a friend, yeah, I was telling a friend I would have had to resign this year. Um, right, yeah, if right. I was still on, yeah, if I was still on there, because I could, I can't, I can't back Trump. You know, yep. there's no way I could back Trump. Right. 
there's a lot of people uh, in that position. I've I've seen I've seen a few more voter registration cards go up uh, posted on Facebook. Uh, some right. some have been surprised surprising. You know, holy cow! I mean, um, we're talking former state central committee members. I've seen yep, um, yep. that have uh, switched their affiliation. Um, I mean, this this stuff is causing waves uh, from the presidential election down 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 the line, and it's not so much that people say that they will never be a Republican again or could never yeah. support the Republican Party again. It's nothing like that. But the I think the effect that it does have is in a year or two, you know, when the waters have calmed again, you know, maybe maybe these folks that have left the party try to dip their toe back in and. Maybe Republicans say, you know what, you weren't faithful to us, um, so we're not going to give you the time of day. Um, you know, if they try to do, you know, because these are guys that these are guys that have looked at running for office before, and may, and may look at that again. Like I said, you know, mm-hmm. former state central committee people. I mean, I can I can tell you from experience that if you're not a lifelong Republican and you try to run for some of these things, they will call you out on it and want to know why you're not a lifelong Republican. You know, right, um, right. And so, and and what's worse than not being a lifelong Republican is being a Republican with a gap in service. Yeah. Like, so Very true. It, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. I guess, but uh, I guess if uh, holy cow, well, I guess <laughs> I guess there's no yeah. If Trump wins, for, yeah, if Clinton wins, uh, for me, I uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't. I, I, right now, I call myself Republican in the name of primaries or in for primaries only. Right. Uh, uh, you know, I'm pretty much done trying to seek any any. Uh, I will not serve on a central committee again. I just, for, for one thing, I have limited time, and and I saw that as kind of a waste. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Myself, it's just not something I wanted to do anymore. At least uh, with Polk County Republicans, but um, because I, I figure I'm still going to probably be voting in primaries, I, I haven't felt compelled to to change my my voter registration yet. They might get me to that point, but yeah, maybe <laughs> until until there's another party that actually offers primaries. I guess right, Democrats. Um, you know, I'll keep it that way. There you go. Well, Shane, I tell you what, I I appreciate that your time, and uh, we're kind of winding down here. But thanks a lot for uh, letting me call you and talk about caffeinated thoughts and get some of your ideas on the legislative races and things like that. Um, I'm trying to keep the podcast to a to a decent time frame so people actually listen to them because <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like by, you can just ramble on. I mean, I I think you and I could probably talk for a whole afternoon and and it would oh, just probably. it would just go by uh, in the blink of an eye. But uh, you'd be fascinated, but your listeners would be like, huh. exactly right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that and that's not what we want to do. But uh, but I do right. want to turn people on to your to your blog and and uh, if I I'm sure the only people that will listen to this are people that read your blog anyway because i'm just getting started so it's although i did get a shout out on tom wood's podcast the other day so oh cool cool yeah yeah and he pronounced my name right so that was good but uh anyway (laughs) so anyway shane thanks so much you got anything coming up you want to you want to talk about her plug or yeah the caffeinated thoughts briefing Um, oh right yeah uh, yeah third uh, we've been doing this for three years it's a it's a, a worldview conference um we've been heavier on public policy the past two years, we last year we actually had uh, uh, three presidential candidates come speak: Rick Santorum, Mike Huckabee, and Bobby Jindal. Um, this year, it's all just it, it's going to be focused on how the church can respond to different issues that 
we're facing in our culture, uh, how the church can respond to the rise of ISIS, for instance, the hunger on terrorism, where I've been Mike Ahmed, who was a, uh, uh, actually his name is Muhammad Ahmed, but he goes by Mike now. He he served on uh, former Egyptian President Anwar Sadat's cabinet. Okay. Uh, he's going to be speaking on that topic. Um, uh, we're going to have uh, Dr. E. Calvin Beisner uh, discuss how to, you know, our, uh, our worldview and, and how to promote a Christian worldview in a, uh, in a culture that's hostile to it. Uh, we're having Dr. Robert Gagnon of Pittsburgh Theological Seminary uh, discuss uh, um, the LGBT agenda and how the Church should respond to that. Uh, he's a, uh, a nationally known expert on that. Uh, Sue Thayer, uh, his former Planned Parenthood Clinic, will be coming and talk about how uh, churches can promote a culture of life. So we want to get beyond to, you know, oh, this is what we need to do public policy-wise, but we want to talk about how the Church can actually impact culture outside of just politics. Too. Well, that's so. that's an important part of the equation, my friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. So looking forward to it. That's October 15th. People go to ctbriefing2016.com. All right. ctbriefing2016.com. All right. Make sure to make a note of that. So anyway, I appreciate it, Shane. Thanks so much. Hopefully uh, wish you much much success with the, uh, with the briefing and uh, continued success with the blog and the radio show. Uh, look forward to more great things from you. Thanks, thanks again, Shane. Hey, thanks, Sean. All right. Welcome back to the Deets for Iowa podcast, episode number three. Again, recording this on Saturday, September 17th, 2016. Hope, hoping to uh, have this uploaded uh, later on today to get this out uh, on September 17th. Uh, at the latest, we'll get it, we'll get it out uh, on Sunday the 18th, but it should be out uh, on the 17th. Um, it's time now for our moment of truth for the day, and uh, if you've heard... Uh, our, if you heard our last episode, uh, this is where we uh, read a, read a devotion that uh, I, I'm just reading straight off the uh, Ligonier Ministries app, uh, R.C. Sproul's ministry. Uh, today's is uh, titled Merging Activism and Quietism. And we read, The two great heresies that have plagued the church on the issue of sanctification for centuries are the heresies of activism and quietism. The twin distortions are guilty of eliminating one or the other pole of the paradox. In activism, God's working is swallowed up by human self-righteousness. In quietism, the human struggle is swallowed up by an automatic divine process. Activism is the creed of the self-righteous person. He has no need of divine assistance to achieve perfection. Grace is held in contempt, a remedy needed only by weak people. The activist can lift himself up by his own bootstraps. His confidence is in himself and in his moral ability. Perhaps the most arrogant statement a person can make is this, I don't need Christ. The quietest insults the Holy Spirit by insisting that God is totally responsible for his progress or lack of it. If the quietest still sins, the unspoken assumption is that God has been lacking in his work. The creed of the quietest is, let go and let God. No struggle is necessary, no resistance to temptation is required. Sanctification is God's job from beginning to end. God calls us to the pursuit of holiness. The pursuit is to be undertaken with strength and resolution. 
We are to resist unto blood, to wrestle with powers, to pummel our bodies, rejoicing in the certainty that the Holy Spirit is within us, helping, disposing, convicting, and encouraging. And the Coram Deo thought of the day reads, Are you an activist rejecting God's assistance? Or a quietist, insisting that he's totally responsible for your spiritual progress or lack of it. And then the uh, biblical passages for further study on that would be Ephesians 3.20 and 21, Hebrews 13.20 and 21, and Galatians 6.4. Certainly uh, a poignant, uh, poignant uh, devotion there today. Um, and, uh, really appreciate the work that, uh, Ligonier does on, on their app and, and, uh, the, uh, the blessing that it is to, uh, be able to, uh, use these resources. I want to thank Shane Vanderhart with, uh, caffeinatedthoughts.com. Uh, be sure to, uh, check him out at caffeinatedthoughts.com and also don't forget they've got the, uh, caffeinated thoughts briefing for 2016 coming up on Saturday, October 15th. That'll be at, uh, 10 a.m. and that is at uh, that is in Johnston, Iowa. 10 a.m. to uh, 4 p.m. again Saturday, October 15th, 2016. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Again, episode three of the Deets for Iowa podcast, recording on September 17th, 2016. Uh, we'll get to work on the next episode, and we'll see you guys again next time.